Welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My name is Dhruv Sethi and join me on this journey of becoming an objective, independent, self-sovereign thinker and doer. The masculine maintains structure in our families and society even when it's underappreciated. This always begins with the acquisition of knowledge, ancient or modern, obscure or mainstream. Regardless, we will acquire knowledge together on this show. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell. This is another episode of the Midlife Masculine Podcast. In an era of dating apps where profiles of women and men too, as I've been told, can be disingenuous, there are still ways of meeting women in a more authentic way. Today, I want to talk about a different and old school way of approaching women, what is known as day game, which is essentially cold approaching women whilst you go about your everyday life. And yes, we men are expected to approach women. They're just extremely unlikely to approach you. You need to accept it. I started day gaming in 2019 after a breakup as I stopped trusting online profiles. I started doing it religiously, but stopped every time I started dating a woman more seriously. What I can say for sure is that it totally changed me for the better all round. I started seeing myself as the prize. My guest today is James Tusk, who teaches men to cold approach women without any alcohol or substance and typically during the daytime. James also teaches men to take care of themselves holistically, all from goals, clothing, career, etc. The women are actually a byproduct of you changing your life. Welcome, James. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So where in the world are you now? You travel a lot. Yeah, I've been traveling full-time for the last six years, typically spending the winter months in Europe, in Latin America, when it's the summer. So particularly Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Colombia, usually between December to May. And then usually what, until recently, the war with between Ukraine and Russia, I was in mostly Eastern Europe in the European summer. So April to September, and then maybe a couple of months in Thailand. And then kind of repeat that cycle. So very nomadic, <laughs> high-end, homeless, for sure. Started off staying in Airbnbs as my finances got better. I upgraded to hotels. And it's been a very, very interesting six years. It's definitely not a lifestyle I'd necessarily recommend. It doesn't do most people. But for me, it's coming with a very short attention span. A lot of hedonism it's, it's worked pretty well. Currently in Warsaw, I'm here for a few weeks. I'm actually doing some kind of alternative therapy here, ketamine therapy, where you go in and they literally lie down, the hot nurse hooks you up to an IV drip and pumps you full of ketamine for an hour. And then you do some quite hard psychotherapy afterwards, which is pretty cool. Can hold on. Give me one second. You look like Colombian or something like this. Ah, I go to Istanbul a lot. Which city? Okay. From London. It's what? You can see? Really? No one ever guesses usually I'm from London. My accent sounds like English. Sure, not really. It does? Everyone thinks I'm like Australian or American, something like that. Okay. Have fun. 
sorry, what were we saying? Did you get her number? No, I didn't. She was pretty receptive, but literally as we're speaking, I'm sitting on a couch just to paint a picture in an upstairs bar in a hotel. And she was standing there speaking to me, but then her entire family walked from the terrace into the thing. <laughs> so they're all just standing there listening to conversations. It's very high pressure for her. As is what it is. Being friendly, testing for interest, I think is key. There's a great book actually by a guy called Robert Glover who wrote No More Mr. Nice Guy. And he recently, relatively recently after No More Mr. Nice Guy, wrote a book called Dating Essentials for Men. And he talks about this concept called testing for interest, which is quite cool, which is basically go around having no attachment to outcome and starting conversations with people, everyone, not just hot women you're attracted to, but everyone you come across and just see their receptiveness to carry on the conversation. And when you do it from that outcome independent perspective, actually it kind of takes away a lot of the approach anxiety for a lot of guys. I was trialing this as a method for guys and getting them to listen to this chapter in the book. It's like 20 minutes long. They really were responding positively. I think one of the downsides to meeting women in the day for some guys can be you overemphasize being direct. And then the more direct you are, the more that's you've kind of got on the line in terms of feeling the loss if it doesn't work out. So it's just maybe a recent nuance that's kind of come to fruition. I like that approach, actually. It's quite different. It's an indirect approach in a way. It's not so much indirect. I think you're still expressing intent, the way you say stuff and how you interact, but it's not as you're kind of taking away the need for it to work out. I think that was the problem a lot of the time with very direct games. There's a need for things to work, or at least in my head anyway, that was kind of how it fits together. So it's probably a more holistic approach. But I think the key thing guys forget is just actually going and becoming what Robert Glover calls social animals, which is actually just going out there and trying to be as sociable as you can with as many people as you can the whole time. And a lot of guys doing kind of day game in the old mode would have been kind of going on and doing their approach for each week, but then they don't kind of take it any further um, socially with other people, which is what you need to kind of avoid. I think you need to be thinking about flexing your, your social skills as much as you can. So James, now a lot of men fear getting rejected. How did you get into day game? Like most guys, it's you're not really maxing out the dating stuff and you want to find a way of making it better, right? I think a lot of us come from this introverted background, some social anxiety, and day game was appealing to me because I saw some guys running around the streets on YouTube approaching, and there's nowhere to hide. I grew up in UK, London culture. There's a lot of reliance on alcohol, getting fucked up in pubs, the Dutch courage to go to sleep to girls. I think what appealed to me about definitely the London day game stuff was there's nowhere to hide. It's raw. It was you putting it on the line and, and just going for it, which is appealing. It always was appealing because you just pick the man up from front up. So there's nowhere to hide from the rejection. You have to embrace it. And I think at the beginning, for sure, when you realize that most women are not going to be interested in you because for whatever reason, they're just you're not their type or they've got a husband, they've got a boyfriend, whatever, you do take it very personally as you develop with this stuff and as you put in more and more reps you develop a bit of a reptilian skin and you give less of a fuck, basically. That's yeah. kind of how it ends up in the end. For sure. Before we dig into it, though, could you give the listeners a very brief definition or description of what cold approach or day game is? I guess traditionally you describe it as seeing someone you like in the day and you go up and you give them a compliment with the view to trying to make something happen, trying to develop a connection essentially get a number or take it for a coffee then or there. 
it's essentially a way of meeting people and non-mainstream way, traditional ways where obviously now, well, historically speaking, or clubs or online, obviously it's more prevalent now, but it's kind of bucking the trend in that situation and treating it all as a bit of a, I guess, dating Sudoku. You see a girl in any situation and you're willing to give it a crack, whether it's a coffee shop, walking in the street, sitting in a restaurant, in a train station, working in an airport. Basically, is you just mill around your everyday life. A bit like mindfulness meditation, really. Mindfulness is trying to bring yourself back in the moment whenever you get the chance. You remember to kind of bring yourself back to the present, right? Because you live in the present. I'd say day game is kind of similar to that. You're wandering around your everyday life. You're just living your life. And you see an opportunity for someone. And you take the shot. And you see where it goes. That could be on the way to work, on your lunch break after work. doesn't really matter. That's kind of, I guess, where day game is now for people. I sort of started it in 2019 and the gods of YouTube presented a random day game video and I got hooked. I was like, I have to learn this. And in the beginning, at that time as well, so I was finding a lot of disingenuine profile, women not really presenting themselves as they were. But as I learned day game, you see them in the flesh and you really get to assess or judge them and they get to judge and assess you in the five minutes of interaction and you can both say yes or no to each other. It's a lot more authentic. That's what I felt went back in the day when I was day gaming. I think for most guys, as I said before, they sit on the more introverted side of things and they carry maybe sometimes social anxiety or some maybe low self-esteem, low, low confidence. I think it's a great way of just holding your feet to the far of reality and just taking a shot, right? And just going for it. It's like the opposite of avoidance. It's like you see a hot girl in the day, you either take the shot or you don't. One of the hardest things to do, I think, is not be too judgmental on yourself. We obviously want to strive for perfection. And it'd be amazing if every single hot girl you see, you take the shot with. But I think there's a tendency for some guys who are quite self-critical to maybe beat themselves up if they miss opportunities here and there and don't approach every single girl they like. But I think that's not reality of the situation. If I go out on a daily basis, I maybe approach three out of five girls I like the look of or eight out of ten women I like the look of. That's pretty good stats. So I can see how you make correct decisions 80% of the time. You strive for perfection. If you fall short, you achieve excellence. Like it's still a good result. Yeah, for sure. We shouldn't be too harsh on ourselves. And a correction from my side, I didn't mean that we judge people, but rather assess whether the person you're speaking to is someone for you or not. So maybe before we start into it, then we should really figure out what kind of women we like. Because like you said, you can't approach every single woman on a day. So how do women perceive being approached in broad daylight today online profile dating apps are so common do they still want to be approached in person yeah look i think especially in the anglo sphere so the us the uk australia there's this perception that you can't approach people in the daytime there is definitely more issues in uh, i guess feminist cultures so you're going to see examples of double standards if a good-looking jacked dude walks up to a sexually available single woman on a underground platform she might consider that charming but maybe a shorter dude hasn't got his shit together looks a bit scruffy clearly not very calibrated walks up she might put that down as harassment it's definitely a problem in the anglosphere more so than places like eastern europe or latin america where there's more clear gender divides men are expected to be men more of i guess machismo culture and women are expected to be women you don't really get criticized for approaching here. If the girl's not interested, she'll still give you the time of day. 
and she's not going to give you some harsh reaction. But what I've seen over the last three or four years, particularly in the UK, every time I go back, because I still have friends and family there, and I'll pop back a couple of times a year, there's definitely a weirder atmosphere when it comes to kind of being social. And men are in a bit of a double bind. It's very confusing because they, on the one hand, women are saying there's no fucking men around. What happens to all the men? On the flip side, you see all these articles and all these things on social media being like, it's harassment if you speak to a guy in the daytime. It's a bit of a minefield for guys. I mean, it was no coincidence that I left. I personally left the UK about five years ago. I'm now a tax resident of Dubai. And I go back to the UK to see friends and family from time to time. But when I go back to the UK, I don't bother dating. The juice isn't even worth the squeeze for me. I'm back for a few days at a time. I'm not charging around doing loads of approaches. I prefer to save my energy and do that elsewhere. I mean, I definitely agree with you in the Anglosphere. Women want to pick and choose feminism. There's a bit of a hypocrisy there. So how does it work in Dubai when it comes to cold approaching women? I don't know. I've never been. I'm resident in the free zone, so I don't ever have to go to Dubai. I see. I just simply have a company there for tax purposes. I have no interest in approaching there. In terms of the Middle East, where I have spent not significant time, but some time, Beirut, that was actually really cool for approaching. Very liberal place. The cool spot to be, but yeah, no intention to start heading up the Arab Emirates for a cold approach. Yeah. <laughs> Better be careful. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of men listening to this, they're generally in their midlife, late 30s, 40s plus, maybe 50s. Have any of your clients gotten into relationships after cold approaching day gaming? Yeah, I've actually gone to two weddings from former clients who both seem pretty happy. Look, I think ultimately the goal of for most guys is to get in some sort of relationship. If you're thinking on evolutionary terms, what are we programmed to do? It's to be born to reproduce and die. So most men are looking, whether they're consciously aware of it or just driven by subconscious behavior, they are looking to get into a long-term relationship, looking to pass on their genetic legacy and have some kids. And generally speaking, despite the fact that percentage rates say otherwise, it's still done under the guise of marriage. Most guys I work with go through the cycle of kind of trying out their game. If they stick with it, which not many guys do, because we, we've talked about having to face up rejection, essentially you're holding a mirror to yourself, right? Am I good enough? No, I've got to work on all these things. A lot of guys drop out, but the guys that continue doing it go through that kind of phase of getting good, charging around, getting numbers, approaching women in different scenarios, going on dates, having lots of sex. And then inevitably, they all kind of want to transition into, quote unquote, settling down, maybe making something happen in terms of a family, which is fine. And that's to be expected. I think the key nuance from guys that blindly do that versus guys that go through this process of learning how to be better with women is guys that have gone through the process of learning cold approach, learning dating, all this stuff, going into potentially the relationship from a position of power and abundance rather than, oh, please, I need anyone to take me on. I'm fucking lonely, which is what the reality of most guys in relationships. I mean, look, I'm 36 without naming names. If I look at my group of friends from school who I grew up with from the age of maybe 13 to 18, pretty much all of them just ended up randomly with a girl that they met on a dance floor in like a fucking shitty pub or a club. And it's like, okay, I think two of my friends from this group, they to divorce now. I'm not saying the other dudes are unhappy, but I mean, is that really a good position to be going into something where you potentially spend the vast majority of your life with one person under one roof on the base you randomly met them? How much do you know that person? How much did you do that from position of strength? How much is it position of scarcity and just not wanting to be alone? And I think the reality is a lot of guys who haven't gone through this process of learning how to mask themselves and just be better with women 
are basically dating on someone else's terms. And there's no coincidence that 80% of divorces in the UK are instigated by women. Men basically are fucking clueless when it comes to this stuff. Women innately understand the sexual market and how it operates. Men don't, which is why a lot of guys, when they read the Rational Mail, kind of, I guess, basic red pill reading for the first time, they have all these kind of epiphany moments when they're reading it that they kind of knew deep down, but no one had ever told them. No university course had told them unless they had an alpha dad, which is quite unusual in the Anglosphere, a bit of a player dad. No one sat them down and told them how the world works. So they've kind of had to figure this stuff out on their own, which people don't do. So it's kind of a long-winded way of saying, yes, absolutely, that the natural progression with this stuff is guys end up, quote-unquote, selling down. But they're doing it from a more emotionally healthy position of strength where they understand the dynamics of dating because the game never stops. It doesn't matter if the girl's five or 85. They respond to the same stuff, which is you holding frame, being playful, teasing, having fun not treating her too seriously. (laughs) All of these basic dynamics, it doesn't matter who the woman is in your life. If you stick to those basic parameters, you can basically navigate dating. And if you don't understand that shit, it's fucking hard to know what the fuck is going on. This is where this whole idea of like, no one understands what women are about comes from. Basically guys who haven't been through the process of figuring this stuff out or learning it. People can talk as much as they want about feminism, but Nature created masculine and feminine energies, and there's meant to be a polarity, and that hasn't changed. No, it's never changed. And this idea of the Disney romance from the 1950s, I mean, in historical terms, this is still very new, isn't it? I mean, this is what, 70, 80 years old? And we're talking about two million years of human behavior and human evolution. I think a good place for people to start to understand this stuff is looking at the evolutionary stuff, the stuff that has been in place for millions of years, and what women actually respond to, mating behaviors of billions of human beings over millions of years. If you had a gun to my head and you said, James, summarize, what's the best book to kind of summarize this stuff and understand it? Probably Evolution of Desire by David Buss is a good place to start. It literally highlights in evolutionary terms everything I've kind of talked about for the last couple of minutes. And that hits home effectively because we have this concept of like what the modern Anglosphere relationship should be, but that's only in age terms, 70 or 80 years old. That's not going to outcompete behavior of several million years. So that's kind of the reality of how things work. I think reading a bit bit about the evolutionary biology stuff is always going to be useful to understand this stuff and give it context. We'll come to some of the books a bit later. I always tell men, young men especially, to learn day game cold approach to some extent. And just wanted to echo something you said earlier, that at some point it changes when you become the selector before you get rejected by women. And at some point when you learn some of these skills, then you can have your pick with women as well. And that's what happened to me. My game was pretty bad, but I'd still get attention from women, but couldn't really do anything. But once I learned day game, the dynamics shifted a little bit where I saw that I did have my pick with women. And then I could see toxic women from a mile away and I would stay away from them rather than get involved in anything. You become emotionally a lot more intelligent when you learn some of these skills. 100%. Couldn't agree more with that. I think that's very on point. So I'm reaping the fruits today, even though I haven't day-gamed for some time now. But you do evolve as a man for sure. I want to get into mindset. Of course, a lot of men have that fear of being rejected. But what do you teach your clients in terms of mindset? What should they have? I think this concept of trying to avoid rejection is retarded. As men, we have to accept that a lot of the reality of what we do is not going to work out. So technically, it ends in rejection. So, for example, a good day game stats, historically speaking, from guys that do this is one in 30. 
And by that, I mean, if a guy approaches thirsty women, and we're running, we're talking about a running game here. So the girl is younger and hotter than you. You approach thirsty women, one of them will end up in your bed and you'll sleep with her. So that means one out of three approaches is a phone number. You get 10 phone numbers, you go on two days, one in five ratio, and you sleep with one out of the two girls. That means, technically speaking, 29 times out of 30, it hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't worked out. So if you're looking at this in terms of failure rates, that means most of the time it's not working out. If you try and avoid rejection, and if you believe this the idea that you're going to get every girl into bed, you're going to end up in a lot of kind of emotional strife. It's just not the reality. We're playing a game of inherent losses, a bit like gambling. Most of the time it doesn't work. And then very occasionally it works out. And this is where it comes down to, I think, the mindset being you have to enjoy the process. Now, I know it sounds like a cliche, but you actually have to go out and enjoy the process of being social and having fun and just next to other human beings, not being attached to the outcome. And if you can do that and see this as a skill set you're working on, the equation being social freedom, so the ability to speak to any human being whenever you want, plus social intelligence, the ability to basically read a room, be charming, understand body language, understand people's interests. If you can focus on that, as really what you're learning rather than focusing on just am I going to get laid this week take some pressure off yourself as you actually enjoy the process and get better at it and you're more likely to get a result anyway in terms of actually getting physical with women you find attractive that is probably the number one thing I learned from you when I came across your work a couple of years ago to just enjoy the process and another thing I remember that you said in one of your YouTube videos some time back was that even if you get rejected you've put a smile on somebody's face by giving her a compliment. You've made the day of another human being. That in itself is a victory. So the rejection is nothing really. You put a smile on another person's face. That is a victory. I'd say so. It's a win-win. Like worst case scenario, you walk up to a girl you find attractive, you give her a compliment, she's got a boyfriend, she's got a husband, she's not interested. That's the worst case scenario. You still made a day, as you said. Best case scenario is you walk up to a girl, she's single, she likes you. And she's the next date you go on, she's your next girlfriend, whatever. It really is a win-win. Even if you go up and take the action and it doesn't work out, there's that quote from the industry or the dating industry for men, which is rejection is better than regret. I completely abide by that. If I see 10 girls that I know I find attractive and I weasel out of approaching them, I don't take the action. I don't feel good and I beat myself up about that for the rest of the day. There's a great concept in psychology as well called the boss is always watching, which is the subconscious logs everything, which is true. It doesn't matter if the guy you're out with as a wingman hasn't seen that you kind of pussy out of the girl that you should have approached. You record everything as a vote for the hero version of you or the loser version of you internally. So if you want to propagate a very strong self-image, this hero version of yourself, you have to be taking the shots because you're watching everything. If I let 10 people go, 10, 10 women go past me that I know I should have approached, I mentally expend energy, like beating myself up about it the rest of the day. And I just feel like a fucking weasel. And it's a vote for loser version of myself. If I take the shot and she's just like, look, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, or even doesn't even just walks past me rudely, it doesn't matter. You pat yourself on the back and you're like, yeah, I did what I could in that sphere of control. I took the shot. I did what I could do, whatever. You don't feel bad. I think if you ask any man, especially any masculine man, whether if he had a choice to be loved or to be respected, if he could only choose one, I think all men, especially masculine men would choose, I'd rather be respected than loved. And when you go out and you get rejected, at least you respect yourself, even if you didn't get the number. The number is trivial. It's your self-respect that really counts for something. 
Look, it's not an easy gig, this. I mean, essentially, it's all a part. It's an attempt at mental self-mastery. The women never change. The streets never change. Our perspective on ourselves and our perspective on what we can do is the thing that changes and is ever-shifting. And, like, we have to have a handle on in terms of reality. And that's really the part of self-mastery. That's what we have to focus on doing. There's nothing else to it. It's obviously easy for me to sit here and say that. It's a lot harder to actually do that in reality. But that's the path we're on, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it is hard to do in the reality. But like you said, the rejection, there's some lesson in there. There's some meaning to it. At least in my case, when I first started out, I was getting rejected initially. And it stung for like a week. But then you force yourself through it. And it stungs for less time, five days, three days, two days, and then three seconds. And after a while, it does not sting at all. I think it always does. If you find the girl attractive, it's always going to hurt a little bit if you put it on the line. But I really like this concept from this book. I know I've said it before, but I recommend everyone download. I've got no affiliation to him, but Robert Glover's book, Dating Essentials for Men, where he talks about this concept of testing for interest, where you're not trying to make anything happen. Well, you are trying to obviously subconsciously make something happen because you're approaching the girl and you're starting a conversation with her, but you're unattached to the outcome. I mean, he hasn't really even come up with that as overall arching life philosophy. That's not even his thing, is it? It's, it's Buddhist, the concept of Buddhism is not getting to a natural outcome or one of the concepts within Buddhism. And it's true. Like, as soon as we start pre-predicting and trying to predict the future and fortune tell the future, we get attached to outcomes. And if they don't work out, we get pissed off and we feel emotional pain. If you just put yourself out there enough without any attachments to outcome, there's a chance it can work out. It's a skill game and it's a numbers game. The skill part comes from actually just interacting with like human beings because we can't be good at things in life we don't do with frequency. And just getting better at socializing it is a skill set. You become more calibrated the more you do it. That's the skill part. The numbers game part is actually bringing the reps in. Most women you speak to are not going to be sexually available or a stroke and or interested. You look there at their ex-boyfriend, they, hey, their dog just died. They're married. They've got a boyfriend, whatever. They're just not available. And that's okay. I think guys fuck up because they don't play either the skill game or the numbers game, or they just don't play both. Very true. That is definitely a concept in Buddhism, the Hindu faith, and the Sikh faith as well, where your only duty is to perform what you have to perform, and you should not have any attachment to the results. So they're very, very valid there. I want to move on to, because you work with men, and cold approach is not the only thing you teach. You teach them to be holistically the best version of themselves in terms of going to gym, getting in shape, reading books. You cited many books on this episode already, but you encourage men to do that and you encourage them to set out their life goals. So talk about the other aspects apart from the dating side. Yeah, I think you've got to really map out your life and map out the hero's journey of yourself and just think, right, am I maxing out all these areas of value I can max out? So the fitness, the finances, the fashion, living an interesting life, learning to fight, learning languages, whatever it is, these different areas of value, I think you can literally map them out as like where you think they're currently at or even better, get someone to assess it for you that knows you and just say, look, be brutally honest with me. I can handle it. Where would you say out of 10 I am on these things? Get them to list out these different things and then try and build these areas up. But again, you shouldn't be doing this for the women. And I think the biggest mistake guys make is they start, which is ironic considering I teach men to go and speak to girls, but is placing women as the mission. It's not. You've got to have other things going on as a guy. You've got to be living your life, going after it. You've got to have passions outside of dating. And if you don't have those and all you're doing is running around the streets chasing women, you're not going to get very far with that. If you look at footballers or rock stars, they don't chase women. They chase their passion. They got really good at their passion. And then as a side effect of that, they get laid. Literally, the phrase is get laid like rock stars. 
the idea is the more you chase around women without actually working on your value, the less results you're going to get anyway. Very valid point. So the takeaway on that is focus on yourselves and women would be a byproduct potentially. I'd say that's accurate. Focus on yourself. Obviously, you can't just do nothing. You've actually still got to go out there and take action and speak to women. People kind of also do that thing of like, they want to work on all these different areas. I see this with students a lot. Again, to avoid rejection, they want to work on all these different areas. And they just hope if they work on all these different areas and become high enough value, the girl might just fall into their lap. Yeah, sure. If you become like a dude with 100,000 followers on Instagram with a blue tick, you're going to get some traction as inbound stuff. And if you make it as a celebrity, but again, you focused on your passion and, and worked hard to do that. But if you're an actor or something like that, you've got an inbound lead source. That's fine. But for 99.9% of men, that's not going to happen. You are the product and game or learn charisma, social skills, essentially you showcasing your product to other people, to women, to the dating market, right? You have to be wary of that and you have to be thinking, how am I doing that? What am I actually showcasing to the world? Before we move on to the next segment, my question was going to be, what is the most common fear? So I, I suppose the answer is fear of being rejected. So my follow-up question was going to be, how do you unblock that fear with your clients? We're evolutionary wide to feel a bad feeling when we get rejected. Because essentially, I mean, it comes from a mystery method, but tracing it back to the evolution stuff, we care massively about what people think. Because if we didn't, back in the day, we'd be out of the tribe and we'd be on our ass on our own and we'd die. We're hardwired to give a fuck about what people think. We're hardwired to take it personally. It is a very personal thing. So a woman essentially saying, I don't want to interact with you, is saying, basically, it's quite a raw rejection. It's saying, I don't want your DNA anywhere near me. It's not going to help most guys listening to this. They're going to then take rejection more personally. It's very personal. You have to get comfortable with getting rejected. It's just how it is. It's down to you to accept that rejection is a massive part of the game and that you have to embrace getting rejected. Anyone that says otherwise is fucking lying. We play a game of a lot of inherent losses. A lot of times it's not going to work out. That's okay. It's not an affront to you. Someone else's judgment of you, some random fucking woman, who let's be frank, most guys are talking to just because she looks good. She didn't do anything to earn it. She looks good. She's been born looking a certain way. Her body and cells have formed a certain way. That's all she has in terms of jurisdiction over you, right? But I think we give too much weight to the opinion of others, particularly women, like a hot girl that shoots you down. It's like, oh, I'm just here. It's like, no, you're not shit. She wasn't right for you. Guys too readily hand over the reins of like how they should feel about themselves to other people. And especially if they haven't got very high self-esteem levels, maybe their lives aren't on point because they haven't done the work to actually sort that shit out. It is tough. It's tough to deal with that stuff. But I think, again, just thinking about it, objectively speaking, why the fuck should you feel shit if you approach a girl and it doesn't work out? Why should that ruin your day? That's you being controlled by random feelings of someone else's snap second judgment who doesn't know you about your life. So I think maybe for some guys, more logical thinkers, the logical kind of arguments have outlined, if you really meditate on those, they can help you through it. But essentially, look, it's always going to sting a bit if you walk up as a guy and it is your job to approach the guy. If you walk up to the girl and she blows you out or she says no, it's always going to hurt. But desensitization through repetition, I think that's the key. Absolutely. Totally agree. And like all powerful skills, it can be used for the good, for the bad. Would you say cold approaching or day gaming has a dark side? If so, what have you seen? Yeah, it does have a dark side. I think there's a tendency to get addicted to the rush of it. 
and become kind of hooked on the emotions and feelings, a bit like gambling. Gambling is the same thing. Most of the time you don't win, but it's the feeling of the near wins that hooks you. And this is essentially chasing dopamine hits because on an evolutionary level, you're not actually reproducing, are you? Most of the time, you're running around basically for an extended ego validation stroke. If we're being brutally honest, I mean, that's what you're doing because there's no actual reproduction in the mix. Elon Musk, I think, talks about it. It's ironic because he has a lot of casual sex, obviously, but he goes, one of the stupidest activities men can do is just charge around and have casual sex without reproducing. It's essentially a tremendous waste of time. It's a very temporary feeling which doesn't then go anywhere. It's essentially completely for validation, really. Then again, isn't everything we do for some sort of feeling or validation? Why do you buy the Ferrari? Why do you buy the Rolex? It's a feeling. I mean, life is feelings for emotional creatures. The dark side to it comes when you start neglecting other areas of your life. And there was a period this happened to me early on when I went from a position of scarcity, which most guys do, into a position of actually getting somewhere in terms of dating and having fun with it. I kind of realized things had taken a dark turn when I was on a date and the girl was asking me, I remember it was in London, and the girl was asking me, you know, what would you like to do in your spare time? And all the reality was, I wasn't doing anything in my spare time, or off and charged around the rainy streets of London trying to pick up women. So I had to lie and make up hobbies I was doing, which is fucking retarded <laughs> if you really think about it. Off that day, that's kind of when I almost I sat myself down and kind of talked to myself. And I was just a bit like, I need to change a few things so this is getting unhealthy. I think anything when it becomes an obsession... It can be good to get good at that thing. But then if you're not careful, that thing can then start to become destructive as well. That's something I see with guys and they start throwing their lives away, just running on streets, basically looking for validation hits. And the irony is by not working on the other areas and letting those slip, they, they're going to put in far more work to get a result anyway with a girl because they just haven't got much value on show. I totally agree. And I can relate as well. I mean, in the beginning, it was like a dopamine hit. You were getting success and success was coming quite frequently. And in my case, I was day gaming and then I met one girl that I really liked in sometime in 2020. And for her, I sort of stopped day gaming, liked her very much, but eventually she dumped me. And I had to ask myself a few questions as well, like, what am I doing? At some point, I need to change aspects of my life and what is important to me. So yeah, it did become sort of a drug in the beginning. But then after that breakup, it totally changed me for the better sort of calmed down since then. And I think we were in touch during that period as well. when I sort of told you that I don't want a day game anymore for some time at least. That's not a bad thing at all. It can become addictive. It can become destructive. I think this is where, looping back to what we said before, one of the key things to think about is not seeing this as day game or cold approach. See it as developing your social skills, developing your social freedom and social intelligence and go around and just be a social beast and interact with everyone the whole time as much as you can. And a side effect of that is going to be you have opportunities to date women, but you should enjoy, you should really, I think guys should focus on socializing for the sake of socializing, enjoying socializing for the sake of socializing, making it fun, enjoying the fact that when you're being social, you have to be present. You're going to learn stuff. We're built to be connected to other human beings, which are tribal animals. Focus on these bigger picture goals within the nuances of learning to learn and seduce. And then it takes pressure off a bit and it doesn't get weird and you're developing a high level social skill set flex with human beings which will get you far in life wherever you take it if i could change one thing looking back it would be that mindset that you just described cool yeah and this is where again i know i've said it several times but the healthiest recent material i've read to encompass this mindset is this concept of testing for interest from robert glover and i think every guy listening to this could do well with listening to that 
And it approaches this whole area we've just talked about from an emotionally healthy place without attachment. Yeah. And if you do that, then you're not going to feel down. You're going to go around and have conversations. If it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. And if it doesn't go somewhere, it's okay. And that's just how it should be. I think that's a far healthier place to look at it from than to not. So moving on to the next segment, I want to give the listeners a few takeaways. So if you could pick three, four, or however many general principles in terms of cold approaching or day gaming that they can take with them after this episode, what would they be? Obviously, we cannot teach them day gaming on this episode, but what are some key general principles that you can share with the listeners? Stop watching theory, stop reading theory. Go out and realize that social skills it is a skill set. And like most skill sets, it's actionable and it's experiential. So you have to learn by doing. So look, even if we sit on the more shy or introverted side of the spectrum, we all understand how to have a conversation with someone to a degree. You go and practice doing that. Go and practice making small talk. Go and practice having starting conversations with strangers. Just go and practice being social with men, with women, with everyone. Work on that, that ability to increase your levels of social freedom and be more extroverted. So I think that's so key. Get used to the idea that a lot of conversations aren't going to go anywhere. And this idea of you don't need a result, you're unattached to outcome and you can embrace rejection. I think that's the key thing. Traveling. I'd recommend putting yourself in anxiety-inducing situations on your own in a foreign country where you don't know anyone, you're lonely, you're sitting in your house on a rainy Friday night, and you've got to go out and make something happen because you just don't want to sit there and be on your own. Put yourself in situations that challenge yourself as a man to take action. Because let's be honest, most of the people listening to this are going to be men who are interested in dating to some degree. Obviously, they're human. Go and put yourself in situations where you don't have a choice. And you have to go and be social and you have to go and take action. Say those are probably the three, off the top of my head, the three major things I'd recommend that guys can go and do right now. Makes total sense. And as men, we have to build our value, which can take several decades. For women, fortunately for them, there's not too much value to build. I mean, their beauty carries a lot of weight in terms of how they're perceived by men. But for us men, we have to work in a lot of other departments. So we just have to accept that responsibility that nature has given us. It's not a blessing being a woman. They've got a very short shelf life. Women have to be ruthless in evolutionary terms because they have got from the age of 18 to essentially 30. That's their runway before they're old and they don't have many options. I never take it personally if a woman just ditches me at any stage of the mating process because they have to be ruthless. As men, we have such a long runway. Building your value 18, you stay sexually relevant for 30 or 40 years after that age if you keep yourself in shape and you keep developing your value. Women don't have that luxury. A lot of guys are like, oh, it's unfair. I have to approach. It's like, no, it's, it's, you're actually fucking lucky. Women's value is predicated on age and how she looks. That's pretty much it, if we're being brutally honest. Men, every single element of your value you can work on. We're incredibly fortunate to be men. And again, it's victim mentality if you don't want to go and do something about it and max out your life. The odds of being born you, I think, somewhat jokingly count, calculated by scientists was one in 400 trillion. So are you really doing the best you can do, given that you become conscious as this playable character in first-person mode, like a video game, which is you? Are you really doing your best to max that character out and, and do the best you can? If you're not, it's up to you. No one's going to save you. As men, we have to be self-reliant. We have to front up and do the best we can with the cards we're dealt. Very true. No, I, I agree with you. But sometimes I feel that in the Anglosphere, women are shortening their own runways by focusing so much on careers and everything else that maybe doesn't matter that much to them or even men in that sense. But yeah, other than that, I, I totally agree with you. 
I think it does matter to women. I think there's a, a huge amount. I don't have figures and facts there, so it's it's more anecdotal. But I see increasingly large number of very unhappy mid thirties women, single women in London who have been sold a lie, which is you can have the career and then get the man. It's like no, you can't. Thirty five year old woman who's a career woman cannot compete with a twenty one year old girl in her prime. And I feel sorry for women. I think they've been sold a lie. Maybe it's by men. Maybe it's by women. Maybe it's by both. But it's an increasingly large segment of unhappy single women in, in London. There's a lot of men not having sex as well. Dating markets tougher than it's ever been for men. But equally, women have been sold this fucking lie that you can have it all. You can have the career and then you can just walk off into the sunset at 37 with a man. It doesn't work like that either. So both sexes are under pressure, really. It's probably the most complicated time it's ever been for dating. I've definitely observed that in London as well. Something has to change pretty fast. So you travel a lot. Where's your favorite place to meet women? And where's your least favorite place? How does London compare? London's a great city to train your social skills and flex your social skills and get better. But it's not, I'd say, a hotspot for beauty in the sense that somewhere like Eastern Europe is. So Eastern Europe is your preferred part of the world. And my personal favorite for European summer is Eastern Europe up until the war, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus. And in terms of Latin America, my personal favorites, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, I'd say they're probably the top spots for me globally. Is it because in terms of beauty, you prefer the women in the, these regions or is it just generally how they are, lifestyle? You see femininity, lifestyle. I think they all play a part for me. I'm a big fan of good weather as well. So typically my life has been set up to hit summertime in a lot of these places when it's winter in europe i head to latin america when it's winter in latin america i come back to europe and the seasons are reversed so it's kind of a combination of dating but also lifestyle and adventure i mean my really the, the modus operandi for me for the last six years has been have adventure have adventures charge around see what happens and alongside that i've had a lot of cool experiences with dating and women but the focus was not dating and women it was just to have an adventure we live but one life why not make it fun why not Try something new. I mean, that was really it. Wow. That sounds good. So we reached the end of the episode. Where can people find you and what's next for you as well? I stay in, in Warsaw until the 18th of August and I go back to Ukraine for a few months. Really good place to be at the moment. It sounds controversial, but essentially there's no men of dating age now. They've either left the country or they've been drafted to war. There's a lot of single women or shitless. So it's a cheap place. People are friendly. So it's a very good place to be. So I go back to Ukraine for a few months and I'll head to Latin America towards the end of the year. Guys can search me on YouTube, James Tusk. Just type that in. And if you'd like to get in touch, obviously just send me an email, infojamestusk.com. We can have a chat about your situation. I can advise what I'd recommend to start getting going with the social stuff. Yeah. And for those listening, I've worked with James once before. He got me into his community. And I got a lot of value. So I strongly endorse James. Nice. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no worries. And so just back on the Ukraine. So they're actually letting people in and you're able to cold approach there. Yeah, I just spent a month there. Lviv is great. Highly recommend it. You can get in no problem at all. Obviously, we're, the UK is politically allied with Ukraine. So yeah, of course, there's no issue getting in. Very strategic, James. For sure. Cool. Thank you very much, James. It's been very insightful and I'm sure listeners will get a lot of value from this. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Cheers. You've been listening to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. 
please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell.